When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Go till 8 o'clock tonight. The great Ramona Shelburne will join us here in about half an hour or so. Um, appreciate everybody being a part of the show. We got a lot to get into. I want to spend some time reflecting for a quick second on how we got to this point. This is not your typical path to get into the second round, and I think I want to put a little bit of perspective on that. I um, want to give my final thoughts on the Memphis Grizzlies series, and then we'll put a, we'll put a bow on that. We'll move on from uh, Lakers and the Grizzlies, and then we'll talk about what is just set up to be a really, really exciting series against the Golden State Warriors. So we got a lot to get into. If you're out driving around, listening on the app, however you consume uh, 710 ESPN, you want to be a part of the show and you want to talk Lakers basketball, always feel free to call in 877-710-ESPN. Um, I'm going to spend a quick second just going through, uh, which I think is important to do, of how we're in the second round here. I want to just reflect on the season and just part of the ups and the downs that we got to watch and you know, obviously as all of us here, Laker fans, um, just to kind of – it's not a normal year. This is not how teams usually get to the postseason. It's not how they get through the first round, especially as a number seven seed. Um, look at all the storylines of what happened in this Lakers season so far, and obviously it's still going on. New coach. Darvin Ham comes in as a brand-new head coach of the Lakers. He's taken over a team that won 33 games last year. Lakers lost 49. They were 33-49. and 49. A completely new roster. You know, we saw the way the Lakers um, went out in the offseason and, and just kind of retooled. And um, there was no reason to bring a lot of the guys back. The players that the Lakers were going to bring or that were on the roster last year, they're, for, for most of those guys, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, doesn't matter. Go down the list. Most of them aren't even in the league anymore. Um, LeBron Russ and Russell Westbrook, they're still on the roster. Lakers started the season out 2-10. and 10. Two and ten. First twelve games of the year, Lakers are already in a hole two and ten. So it's just uh, you're trying to dig out of this unbelievable hole that you created for yourself, and you got no one to blame but yourself. Lakers finally start winning some games, and then we get to mid-December. If you guys remember the game, it's against the Denver Nuggets at Crypto.com. AD goes down with an injury on December 16th. AD's out for five weeks. If you'd have told me at that point, hey, the Lakers making the playoffs or not, well, if Anthony Davis has gone for five weeks, of course they're not going to make the playoffs. AD eventually comes back. Um, Lakers still kind of hovering four or five games below 500. We get to February 9th, the trade deadline. Lakers are 25 and 31 at that point and decide we're going to completely change our roster. A couple weeks earlier, they trade for Rui Hachimura. Then they go out and get Jared Vanderbilt. They get Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, Mo Bamba. Obviously, Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly. All those guys are gone. They got rid of uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson. They got a lot of. Uh, they got rid of a lot of pieces that they started the season with. February twenty sixth, 
the Lakers play the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. They go down 27 points. They come all the way back to win that game. That's on February 26th. February 27th, it's announced Braun is out with a foot injury, and we have no idea when he's going to come back. We're going to reevaluate him in three weeks. He ends up coming back one month later. He misses four weeks of basketball. March 24th, Lakers finally get to 500. And then, of course, they finish the season, the regular season, four games over 500. Since the trade deadline, they went 17 and 8. Um, that's a lot of ups and downs. That's a lot of back and forths. That's a lot of what the hell's going on this year. That's a lot of, hey, I don't know what the front office is doing. That's a lot of. This team looks really good. Um, can they make a run? I mean, I don't know of another season. I'm sure there's there's you know obviously teams out there and seasons out there where this has happened before. We have so many ups and downs, but that's crazy. And that's crazy to kind of when the dust settled and the Lakers were just getting ready to go into a playing tournament with the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's what the season looked like. They go into that playing tournament with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it's a dogfight. Lakers eventually win the game in overtime. Uh, I think for some parts of the game, we're trying to find ways to lose the game, but they made it happen. They end up winning the game. Now you're set up with six games, or then you, now you're set up with the Memphis Grizzlies in round one as you're trying to get on to round two. Um, for the first time, I felt like once we got to the playing tournament that things were actually kind of starting to break the Lakers' way. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um the Minnesota Timberwolves came into that playing game without Rudy Gobert, we know why. Without Jaden McDaniels, we know why. Without Nas Reed, he had his injury, he's out for the season. Lakers, in some shape, way, or way, some shape, way, or form, tried to take advantage of that. They did, they moved on from the series. Then they had the Memphis Grizzlies. Before the series starts with the Memphis Grizzlies, no Steven Adams, no Brandon Clark. Series starts... And all of a sudden, John Morant is injured. Of course, that 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 had an impact in that series. But again, things started to kind of lean towards the Lakers' way, which it didn't it it didn't seem like that was the case for most of the beginning part of the season for the Lakers. Um, they're now in a position to potentially get to the Western Conference Finals, and they got to go through the defending champs to get there. By the way, kind of couldn't have asked for a better matchup. I'm going to get into how exciting it is to to have an opportunity to not just cover the the series but I think just for all NBA fans and Laker fans and everything else this is this is exciting stuff this is good stuff and we're obviously going to see how the Lakers respond to it um but that in a nutshell is what this Lakers season is was the road to get here the path to get here just incredible now I I want to give just some thoughts here real quick on the series against the Memphis Grizzlies a um, couple things stood out to me. Number one, Dylan Brooks is not a smart basketball player. I, I genuinely have no idea what his game plan was for that entire series. It's the running your mouth before the series starts. It's the calling out LeBron James. It's his awful, awful performance on the court. Uh, the only way Dylan Brooks was talk about this series was in negative ways. So I have no idea what his game plan was, but it did not work. The Grizzlies, I thought, were playing chess. Oh, I'm sorry, were playing check checkers, and the Lakers were playing chess. And there's some things in that Grizzlies series that we know we're not going to get a chance to see once they play the Warriors. The immaturity 
that the Memphis Grizzlies have, that's gone. The talking trash and trying to give some bulletin board material for the opposing team, that's gone. That's not going to happen. The injuries that the Grizzlies had, the Mem- the Golden State Warriors are, for the most part, healthy. You know, looks like they got most of their guys there, so I don't think that's obviously going to be um, uh, too much of an issue. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies, I think there were times where we're watching a team that you just say to yourself, yeah, I have no idea if they're going to be able to take any steps forward with just their immaturity and how John Morant, who I I respect how John Morant was kind of addressing his own off-season issues uh, when the series was over, saying that those were distractions that definitely affected the team. But for the most part, it is the definition of one team that's been there and done it before with their stars and another team that just has nothing to show for it. Um the last thing I want to say on this Grizzlies series, and then we could start moving on to the Lakers and the Warriors coming up. Game six for me was a very interesting moment because all of us were coming into that game saying, all right, well, the Lakers got to, you know, you, you can't have to go back to Memphis. You can't put yourself in a position where you got to go play the Grizzlies uh, in a game seven situation. You can't lose two games in a row. Lakers in game six. And that vibe at Crypto on Friday night was just incredible. They beat the Grizzlies by 40. I want to emphasize that again. They beat the Grizzlies by 40. I I said it in the postgame show, and I'll I'll say it again here. There are certain games that when it happens, um, you can make other teams and other NBA players and coaches kind of churn their head. Wait, what happened? That's what I thought Friday night was. Friday night to the Lakers was one of those situations where I think a lot of uh, people around the NBA were saying, what do you mean the Lakers beat the Grizzlies? They closed them out by 40. Lakers not just closed out the Grizzlies. They sent a statement, in my opinion, that whether it was just for the Grizzlies or was for everyone in the NBA of all the teams that remain, um, I think you caught some attention. You turned some heads saying, damn, that's championship pedigree when you get a chance to close it out. And you not only close it out, you give that other team on the other side absolutely no hope. I'll give you an example of this. The Sacramento Kings went to... Oh, I'm sorry. The Golden State Warriors went to Sacramento for the second straight time they won in Sacramento. But the way they won yesterday by 20 and Steph Curry dropping 50, that's championship type of pedigree. And I know the Warriors just did it. The Lakers have players who have been there and have done it. But game six to me was was incredible to watch. And obviously the Lakers making an absolute statement. All right. I want to give a quick shout out here. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change takes about 15 minutes. You can visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change locations all around. Don't don't procrastinate. Go get it done. Okay, let, let's do this when we come back. Um, I'm very very excited about this series against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I'm also very very confused of what to expect. And I got my reasons for it. And yes, we can, you know, as best as we can analyze it. I'm going to get into the players that I think are going to be most important. But this seems like a very, very fascinating series, 
but more for the questions that we don't have answers to rather than answers that we have. We'll get into that coming up next. If you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. This is Lakers Talk on ESPN LA. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, not a bad uh, game from D'Angelo Russell on Friday. You know, it's funny. I, I spent a little time talking about D'Lo before, leading up to that game, that you can't just have a moment. You need a game, a complete game. And he was so big in game uh, so big in game six. And I, I'm actually I'm curious to ask Ramona about this. Ramona, Ramona Shelburne is going to come up in 12, 13 minutes or so, and we'll get a chance to get her thoughts on the series. And D'Angelo Russell, it's funny, her and I both asked Darvin Ham a question on Friday, both about D'Lo, and that just kind of points out the importance of D'Angelo on this Lakers team. He's got to be more aggressive. He's got to find a way to um, – certainly he's got to find a way to be more effective for the Lakers on a consistent basis. So Lakers got the um, Golden State Warriors, and it starts tomorrow. Um I'm incredibly excited. By the way, if you're out driving around, you got thoughts on this series about the Golden State Warriors, how the Lakers slow down Steph Curry, what kind of Anthony Davis we need in round two, your predictions of the series, whatever it is, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. So this is just good for the NBA period, right? The fact that you got so many marquee players, you got two franchises, one the most iconic in the NBA, and another one that has been the class of the NBA over the last eight to ten years. Incredible what the Golden State Warriors have accomplished. I mean, you look back in NBA history, and there are certain franchises that have had their moments. The Boston Celtics, the Lakers in the 80s, the Detroit Pistons won back-to-back champions. The Chicago Bulls, obviously their era. Shaq and Kobe had a moment. Um, the San Antonio Spurs you just go back, you know, the, the the eras of basketball, the Golden State Warriors these last 10 years is as good as it gets. And the fact that there's the storylines of, even if it's just LeBron going up against the Warriors again, that history is fascinating in itself. Um, there's a lot that I think it's great for the casual fan. It's great for the sport in general. I think it's great for everybody. Now, there's the actual matchup of the Lakers taking on the Golden State Warriors. So one of the things that is usually you walk into a series and you could tell yourself, all right, well, I know I could expect this and I could expect that. I could kind of go down the list of all the different things that I can expect in a series. This one 
I think without playing game one, I think game one's going to help tell a little bit more of a story that right now is not there. A lot of the players um, that the Lakers got were after the trade deadline or after the trade deadline is when the Lakers got effective. That's when they got good. That's when they got competitive. That's when you actually thought to yourself, hey, I think the Lakers can make a little bit of noise potentially in the playoffs. For the Warriors, it's been pretty slow and steady. At the same time, they're coming off a seven-game series against the Sacramento Kings. I didn't think it was going to go seven games. I certainly, um, you know, I guess, I don't want to say I disrespected the Sacramento Kings, but I think a lot of teams, when you have not been in the playoffs and we don't have a history of you with the certain crew that you have and you're taking on the defending NBA champions, I'm sorry, but it's tough to give a team like that the benefit of the doubt. However, the Golden State Warriors needed seven games to beat the Sacramento Kings, and the Lakers got you know what, what was a really nice surprise getting three straight days off, and now they prepare for this matchup tomorrow. Um, I, I know this first game will be a little bit more of a feel-out game, but it's also an opportunity for the Lakers. And, and let me tell you what I mean by that as far as the opportunity goes. The, Sac- or the Golden State Warriors... Games five, six, and seven were all one day rest. And now they got to jump directly into a series with one day rest against the Lakers team that's fresh. And for the Lakers, it hasn't always been this way, right? The longer the series went against the Memphis Grizzlies, the um, the more it was going to benefit the Memphis Grizzlies. And here are the Lakers now getting an opportunity to be fresh going into um, round two. It doesn't have to be game one. As long as you come back with a split, you accomplish your goal. But doesn't it seem like if there's a game to kind of take right out the gate, if there's a game to maybe the Golden State Warriors need a second to just decompress after winning game seven on the road against the Sacramento Kings, wouldn't game one be the game that you think you could potentially steal away? We'll see what happens. But it seems like game one could be a big advantage for the Lakers. When when I got when I get Ramona on here, I want to ask her specifically about Anthony Davis and, and chat with her a little bit about um, uh, his impact on this upcoming series. I, I will say this as far as Anthony Davis goes. I really do feel like so much of this series is going to be on him. It, listen, it's not doesn't it doesn't fall squarely on his shoulders, but let me kind of explain to you what I'm referring to here. Hypothetically, if we're not getting multiple games where we could look back and just simply say, hey, AD was the best player in that game. AD was the most dominating on both sides of the floor. Um, it's going to be a handful for the Lakers. And I know Kevon Looney, he's awesome. He really is. He's a, he's a good player for them. He's a guy that likes being physical. He had, I think, three games where he grabbed over 20 rebounds in this past year, 20 or more rebounds. And Draymond Green, I don't need to talk about his pedigree of who he is and and his championship form and and what he does on the defensive side. But isn't Anthony Davis the biggest advantage that the Lakers have against the the Golden State Warriors? I I would assume, yeah, that is the case. I would assume that uh, definitely if you look at the Lakers and um, specifically what, what this team brings to the table, I have to imagine that Anthony Davis's name is going to come up a ton of just a, a key player that is going to have to find ways to impact this series. I know he's going to do it on the defensive side. The question I have is how is he going to impact on the offensive end? 
because if he has some games where it's 15 points, 12 points, 17 points, I don't feel very comfortable that the Lakers are going to you know, obviously win a game like that. A lot of that's also going to depend on who else is contributing, what everybody else does. But Anthony Davis, I think it's fair to say, and just like it's been in every one of these series and every time we talk about Anthony Davis, how big was his, will his impact be? The bigger it is, I think the better chance that the Lakers have in this series. I think another you know key to this series is who wins Warriors or the Lakers on role player contributions. So if you look at the Lakers roster, they've had Rui Hachimura stepped up for the Lakers, especially early in the series against Memphis. Um, Austin Reeves, I, I almost don't even like talking about him as a role player because he's playing as much bigger than a role player. Role player is somebody that is kind of here and there. Austin Reeves is pretty consistent with the Lakers or has been pretty consistent with the Lakers so far this season. Um, then you kind of start looking. It gets a little bit deeper. What does Dennis Schroeder give you? What uh, What does, if it's Malik Beasley that comes off the bench, Jared Vanderbilt, how much can he give you offensively and defensively? And the one player that I didn't mention and on purpose I left out was D'Lo. If D'Angelo Russell has a similar series that he had against the Memphis Grizzlies, where really he impacted two games, but one of those games was just a couple of minutes stretch. And then the other game, game six, he was fantastic. How much does he impact this series? I think we'll tell a lot. For all the strengths that the Golden State Warriors have, their strengths are in the backcourt. So it's going to be up to guys like D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, some of these other players, not only to run around with Clay, not only to run around with Jordan Poole, not only, of course, to run around with Steph Curry, but there's going to be a lot of – it's not just what you're doing on the offensive side. How are you getting stops on the defensive end? And that highlights D'Lo all over the place. You know that the Golden State Warriors are going to try to go after D'Angelo Russell, and I don't blame them. It's not like D'Lo's known as this – um, you know, defensive player of the year, anything along those lines, that will be fascinating to watch. I think the the Steph Curry coming off 50 games and how the Lakers try to play him, I mean, I, I said this, I was uh, on with uh, one of our affiliates down in San Diego a little bit earlier today, and I talked about how um, I'd love to see the Lakers as best as they can make Steph Curry uncomfortable. When I'm talking about make Steph Curry uncomfortable – Push him around a little bit. Body him up a little bit. Is Jared Vanderbilt going to be guarding him? Will he be picking him up 90 feet? Will there be times where the Lakers decide, you know what, we might might have to make, and I'm not saying they got to be dirty plays. No, it, it's just part of the game of basketball. It's playoff basketball. Having times where you're more physical with Steph Curry than maybe he's accustomed to in some of these other series. Um, all those little matches, those those the, the part of the chess game that's going back and forth, I, I, I do think will be fascinating, and I can't wait to get one game under our belt so we could kind of start looking at, all right, well, that's a clear advantage for the Golden State Warriors. Wow, I didn't know the Lakers were going to do this. The chess match between Darvin Ham, um, a coach that has not – been in round two as the head coach, taking on Steve Kerr, who has a resume as a player with championships and certainly a resume as a head coach with championships. Um, all of that makes for a very, very exciting series, a good series. And, um, you know, I think for the Lakers, uh, starting out game one and getting a potential opportunity to try to steal one while the Golden State Warriors are just taking that sigh of relief 
will be fascinating for tomorrow. Okay, Ramona Shelburne, um, we know her resume. She's coming up next. Uh, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, Lakers Talk is presented by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Takes about 15 minutes. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. All right, welcome. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Uh, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Want to welcome in Ramona Shelburne, who obviously is all over ESPN, covering the NBA. Uh, Ramona, first off, you're taking a little time off of a little bit of mom duty, and I know Laker fans greatly appreciate that, and I appreciate that. So thank you for doing that. Thanks, Lee. Well, we did get a prediction out of him, right? We did, the, yes. The four-year-old. Listen, my four-year-old, before the Heat played the Bucks. I kept asking him, I said, who do you got, Heat or Bucks? And he's like, Heat is the winner. The wow. Heat are going to win. And I was like, what are you talking about, kid? That's the eight seed against the one. And he was so definitive. <laughs> and then I was like, well, maybe he just knows. Okay, he has – I think he has a little bit of a, a gut feeling. And um, Daniel did also predict here in the break before we came on, Daniel predicted Lakers in seven – so the, the guy, it sounds like he knows what he's talking about, Ramona. You heard me. I said, Lakers are playing the Warriors. Who do you like, Lakers or Warriors? And I did not push him either Nothing. way. I just yep. asked the question. It was I did not point. I did not use one word. He just he was very clear-headed and very decisive. You were fair and balanced. You were fair and balanced with your journalistic question, and he had an honest answer. So Lakers in seven. Okay, aside yeah. from... Aside from Daniel's prediction, I, I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm really happy to get your thoughts on not even just the series. Can I just ask you this question? How cool is this? Lakers are playing the Warriors in round two. Uh, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green. I mean, go down the list. Lakers and the Warriors haven't faced each other in the playoffs since I want to say it was 1991. Um, with 1991, the hit- please. 1991. Okay. And, and- it- and you yeah. do, do you know who the coach of that Lakers team was? Uh, in 91, let's see where are they at that point. Is that Dunleavy? Is that that era? Mike Dunleavy Sr. That is Mike Dunleavy Sr. And do you want to know how long ago that was? Mike Dunleavy <laughs> Jr. went and had an entire NBA career and is now an assistant GM for the Warriors. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of, that's a, that's a lot of time in between. And, and the, the reason yeah. why I set it up like that, 
How cool is this that we got this matchup? Before we get into anything, how cool is it just to see these two franchises going up against each other? It's so cool. I mean, you know what's amazing about it is just the when they played two years ago in the play-in tournament, right? Remember that? The play-in game yeah. that was the first ever 7-8 play-in game. The Lakers won it. LeBron hit this ridiculous shot at the end. He was like, I I was seeing triple, and I just got right. the middle rim. Remember that one? Okay. Yep. At that point, like both franchises were in a place where it felt like they were kind of on the decline. Like you didn't know if they would ever be back. And, you know, I, I certainly didn't think the Warriors were going to win another title the next year. Um, I didn't, you know, this, the last couple of years over the Lakers have seemed kind of you know, kind of like they were going in the wrong direction. And so it was pretty amazing that that game just two, was just two years ago. And now both these teams, I think, are legitimate contenders this year. Yeah, it, it seems like two, and and I think you know we didn't know once the when the Warriors lost Game Six. I remember seeing you in the media room. This was before the Lakers are going to take on Memphis in Game Six. Warriors lose yeah. that game, and was kind of like, wow, maybe it is going to be Sacramento. Maybe maybe Sacramento. This is destiny for them. Uh, Warriors come back. They win the game by twenty. Lakers close out their game. Um, win by 40 against Memphis. So I, I think there were some times during that series, really you could say even potentially both series, even though Lakers always had the advantage in um, in their series that, okay, I don't think the stars are going to align, and, and here we are. Before before I get your thoughts just on um, Lakers and the Warriors, what, what kind of stood out to you? Lakers, Grizzlies, Lakers close it out in six games. Were there surprises for you, or did, did you kind of think it was going to play out like this? Um, I had picked the Grizzlies in that series, and it's not, you know, not a, a knock on the Lakers. I just thought the way that series lined up with the games every other day, cross-country flights, you know, in between those games, it, once they got to game five, they were going to hit a wall. Like, it was going to just be exhausting. And I was like, well, when that happens, the younger team has an edge. And I thought the Grizzlies would have an edge if it got deeper into the series. It got deeper, but it didn't go to a game seven. And I think the Lakers had had this vibe about it. I think they felt the same way, to be quite honest. Like, they did not want to get back on that plane to Memphis because, I, you know, this is, this is where we, we can get into a larger discussion about why, why Memphis is in the Western Conference. Like, it's just, you know, Me- Memphis and New Orleans are, are this four-hour flights. It's, just, mm. it's, it's a very different series than what the Warriors experienced against Sacramento, which was like a – two-hour drive, right, each way. Um, although I will say at the end of that Warriors series, I thought both teams were pretty pretty tired. But, you know, I, one thing I, that I got really and I think was, was the takeaway the last couple of games, we, we wrote about LeBron, and I wrote about LeBron in, in, in both the, the wins at home, the, game, the win in game four and then the win in game six. He's still at an incredible high level. But when Anthony Davis is playing like he did in that game six, and I, I don't think he got enough credit for that game six because LeBron was just so in control of the game. You kind of you, you look at, like, AD was really the best player on the court, but you, LeBron always kind of gets the shine because everything runs through him. Um, if Anthony Davis plays like that, then I think the Lakers win. But he has to play like that. Can't just be here and there. And it's going to be a lot harder for Anthony Davis in this series because – the strength of that Warriors defense is Kevon Looney and Draymond Green. It's inside. Mm-hmm. And and when you look at this matchup, like, I, I really was taking my time with the pick. I don't feel strongly one way or the other. I could see both both sides of it. I, I, I have this rule of, like, never picking against LeBron James. 
And I've now, I went against it last series and I was wrong. And so I went against it again this series and we'll see if I'm right or wrong. But hmm. it's, I, I just don't like the matchup Anthony Davis because of how good a defender is Kevon Looney and Draymond Green are and how well the Warriors scheme um, as a coaching staff, especially in the playoffs, how well they make adjustments just from half to half. It was like, it was watching that, I watched both series. Like, I think I went to five games in the last seven days. <laughs> it was a lot of, I went to all the Laker home games and I went to the three of the, three of the last uh, four games in the, in the Warriors King series. And it was, I mean, that was a chess match in that series in the Warriors series. It was Mike Brown and Steve Kerr just locking intellectual brain, you know, intellectual brains there on, on adjustments in game from game to game. It was really fun to watch. Uh, in the, in the Lakers series, I thought it was more, it wasn't as much about adjustments. It was just about which team could stay disciplined. And the, as you saw, the Grizzlies kind of unraveled with a lack of self-discipline, with a lack of team discipline and the Lakers when they needed to, we're able to come together. Ramon and Shelburne taking some time here to join us on uh, Lakers Talk. And um, I think that's a it, – it's interesting because when you say the chess match between Mike Brown and Steve Kerr, this is Darvin Ham's first rodeo as a head coach. He's got a ton of experience as a mm-hmm. player, ton of experience as an assistant coach. Um, how much do you think that comes into play? And, and you know, maybe – I don't have a perfect example on the top of my head – uh, but I think the chess match is a great way of describing what we're probably going to watch here in round two. Both teams don't want to uh, – the Lakers are not trying to run up and down the floor. It doesn't look like Golden State wants to run up and down the floor. It's going to be more just strategic, and you got so many veterans, so many champions on both sides. How much do you think that the it's Steve Kerr der, versus Darvin Ham comes into play? I think it comes into play. Um but I would say this, it's not just Darvin Ham out there. He's got LeBron James, okay? And uh, LeBron is one of the smartest basketball players ever in terms of just noticing things, seeing things. And, and so, like, yeah, Steve, obviously, he's been to five finals as a, as a coach and then won five as a player. I mean, he certainly has a lot of experience, especially from playoff, ma- playoff matchup to playoff matchup, game to game. And it's like – you kind of have to go through it. Like you don't just come out of the box as a coach and know how to do this um, at this stage. Darvin has a great job, I think, with the with the Lakers defense this year and getting these guys to buy in, stay connected. They have great team concepts on defense. And I do think you're right. This isn't going to be the kind of up and down series that we saw in the in the Warriors Kings and or uh, even the way Memphis wanted that series to go. When when Memphis won games, it was when they did when they were able. To to make it a faster paced series. And so I think this is, um, this will be like a half court chess match kind of series. Like are the Warriors have experimented with this really small lineup uh, where they take out Draymond Green and they, they have Kevon Looney as the lone big and Jordan Poole's in the starting lineup. They've gone bigger. And I think that's their most trusted group. They have ways of spreading you out to get better spacing I thought the last game was really interesting, just the, the different actions that they did to get Steph some space. And it turns out the space wasn't just on the outside. It was actually in the paint. Um, different against the Lakers. They're, they're uh, a, a very good, solid defensive team. I think they have one of the best defenses in the league since they've made those mid-season trades. But, you know, can those, the players that are the best defensive players, do they match up well? I mean, these, you know, I mentioned Anthony Davis, like, the Warriors have two really good interior defenders 
throw at him and a lot of different looks. They're gonna they're not gonna let him inside in that pick and roll game the way that comfortable in the last when he gets comfortable in that in that spot, he's pretty unstoppable. And the Warriors are are expert at defending a player like that just from over the years. So we'll see we'll see how they end up playing it. Um, I think also I don't know who matches up with LeBron. They put Draymond on him like old times. Or do they go with the smaller guy in Wiggins? I mean, there's really there's really interesting looks. Like they have Gary Payton Jr. for a LeBron type. I mean, I you know just he's 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 one of their defensive um, assets that they went and uh, reacquired at the deadline. If you're Golden State, I I don't know who he matches up with in this series. You put him on D'Angelo West, D'Angelo maybe. I mean, I, he doesn't. He's not as much of an asset in a series like this where the Lakers have such a a mismatch with LeBron. If you take Draymond on LeBron, you kind of lose him as your center fielder. I mean, it's a very, it's a very interesting matchup, and so that's why, like in the in the past, when the Warriors would play against LeBron uh, or LeBron would play against the Warriors, um, they would kind of try to bully Steph Curry. I think that's really going to be the thing that'll set the tone here for the Lakers' defense is who they choose to put on Steph, and. Do they choose a big player, or do they, or do they like a? Do they do you try to just go all arms and legs and put Vanderbilt on him? I mean that that's a, a strange matchup, but it, I could see it. Um, or do you do you just tell D'Angelo Russell to do your best, you know, or put Schroeder on and tell you do your best? I don't know. I don't think you can really stop Steph. But in the past, when LeBron has played Steph Curry in the finals, um, they had a little bit better of a defensive matchup against him. And plus, Steph is. Steph was smaller back then. He's really worked on adding some bulk to his frame, even though he still looks small. He's a lot stronger than he used to be. So it's going to, I think those are the two, the two, the, you know, how the Warriors defend AD and how the Lakers defend Steph that are really going to be the, uh, the pivot points of this series. Well, what I think is great too, Ramona, and I think this is part of the intrigue with the series. It's not like we could look at it and say, hey, yeah, but remember in the regular season when they faced each other four times and all the players were the yeah. exact same and oh, they're just going to do this adjustment, that. Yeah. It literally, even when they play each other after the trade deadline, there's games that Steph wasn't in there. There's games that LeBron wasn't in there. So a lot of this will be new. And I don't know how – the, the Warriors are obviously from top to bottom – pretty much all have been there and have seen it, including their role players. With the Lakers, a lot of their role players, this is the first time that they're this deep in the playoffs or this is their first run in the postseason. Uh, obviously, their first run with Braun and AD. So I, I think all those yeah. nuances will, will make it a really interesting series. I want to I ask you one quick question because I think both you and I, um, Darvin Ham spoke on the, before the game on Friday and – I had a question about D'Angelo, and you had a question about D'Angelo, and I just look at him as such a key piece if the Lakers are going to have success. Not just – it wasn't even about game six. It was just in general when he's good offensively, when he's aggressive offensively, I just think they have a much better chance of winning games. Um, how, how do you think D'Lo does in a series like this where the strength of the Warriors are the guards, where he is going to have to play some defense? What's your – just what your level of confidence in D'Angelo? Yeah, I mean, it's that – he delivered for them in that game six, right? He really came through, I thought, in that, in that last game. And uh, he, he's done that before. Like, when he was a six-man in Brooklyn, you saw that 
just hasn't been there as consistently. And I think uh, some of it is him just learning how to play with LeBron. That's a new thing for anybody. It's, a, it's an acquired skill. He's kind of seen as a just kind of a, a basketball player and stands out and makes threes a lot, but he's not necessarily have the ball in his hands quite as much. Um, I actually think the Lakers will put the ball in D'Angelo's hands a little bit more in this series. I think he um, he needs to initiate some offense. He can't rely on LeBron the way that he has done in the past. And I, and you saw LeBron play off the ball a little bit more lately. That so I think they're kind of moving towards that. So I think to me it's getting D'Angelo enough looks. You know, I mean maybe you put him in that role that you had Westbrook in coming off the bench, or maybe you just keep him as a starter playing alongside LeBron. But you you've got to get him comfortable to where he feels like he's impacting the game like he normally does. And they're still, they're still finding their way with him. He missed so much time with injuries. It's hard for them to find a rhythm. Ramona, I know um, you got a lot going on there. You got a couple kiddos that you got to take care of. So as always, greatly, greatly appreciate your time. And uh, I'm going to run with Daniel's prediction, Lakers in seven. Sounds good. Sounds good. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Ramona. We will uh, we'll see you soon and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for uh, the time. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Lee. All right, that is uh, Ramona Shelburne right there. Okay, final thoughts when we come back. I want to get into some of these other um, NBA uh, playoff series that's going on and uh, also uh, break down a little bit of this Phoenix Suns-Denver Nuggets. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, Ramona, Ramona Shelburne, great as always. Uh, love her insight. And by the way, I, I love how, you know, so much of this, and we'll get into it as we get the series started, but the strategic part of it, I think that's going to be a, a fun way to kind of consume a matchup that has so many stars. And like I said, the most iconic franchise in the NBA versus uh, a franchise that has been the blueprint of the NBA over the last 10 years. Um Okay, so a couple things here around the NBA. How about this a little bit earlier? By the way, if you're tuning in right now and you're watching some uh, NBA basketball, so you got the Suns and the Denver Nuggets playing right now. Denver's already up in the series one to nothing, and Denver up 32 to 30. About four minutes left to go in the second quarter, so very low scoring. Um, this is, you know, th- this is actually. It's kind of funny how my feelings for the Denver or for the Phoenix Suns has changed so quickly. So coming into the playoffs, Travis and I were doing a show and we said, you know what? I think the team to watch out for in the West, it's the Phoenix Suns. That's the team. If you say, hey, pick any team right now in the Western Conference, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre, and yes, they're thin, but they got enough talent there. looks like they're going to do some work in the NBA. And after they win round one against the Clippers, and before this series started between the Nuggets and the Suns, I was already off the Suns bandwagon. I'm like, yeah, I don't think they're going to win round two. I don't think they're going to beat Denver. Now we'll see what happens. Still, obviously, the series very early. Uh, Suns just took a one-point lead. But I think with Phoenix, you could tell there's – for how important role players are, 
And you could see that that's such a critical component when teams win championships. They don't have any. They literally don't have any. They're going to depend on guys that have never really played in that role before. They're going to depend on guys to play big-time minutes that it's just uh, we're going to find out. I'll tell you I'll tell you what. I know what Devin Booker and KD can do, and we'll see what Chris Paul still has in the tank, and Deion Raiden's going to do whatever he can. Um, but I, I lost confidence in them so quickly after just one round. I hated the way they played against the Clippers. If Clippers just had Kawhi, they'd probably get past the Phoenix Suns but I know um, that we can't play that if game because we could be here all day, and that doesn't really mean anything. So that's the Suns and the Nuggets series. Um, who knows? Maybe by the time the dust settles today, Phoenix steals one in Denver, and everybody's opinion changes. But at least for now, I, I lost some confidence out of Phoenix after watching them in that first round. The other game earlier today, right before our show started, um, they had just finished. How about the Sixers? Going into Boston in game one, without Joel Embiid, James Harden dropping 45 points, also had six assists, and the Sixers grab game one, 119-115. This has been so difficult to try to predict. At least my predictions have been all over the place. Um, This, I guess, is true parity right now in the NBA, where we're watching teams, and you can look at every team remaining. I would just say... I don't have faith the Knicks can win it all, but pretty much every other team in there, I can make a case for you. I could tell you that, well, Miami was in it a couple years ago. Um, Eric Spolstra has obviously won an NBA championship as a head coach. Pat Riley's Pat Riley, his front office. Um, I can make a case for the Lakers, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Celtics, Philly if Embiid could be healthy. Um, there are so many teams left that are right in the mix of things. And I, I, some people like parody. Some people don't like parody. For me, uh, I like that we just have so many unanswered questions. I want to play a quick clip here real quick. This is Clay Thompson was basically trying to answer the question of who his pops is going to be cheering for. Me and MT will be doing the pre tomorrow. John and MT will have the broadcast. Take a quick listen to Clay. Uh, take a quick uh, uh, listen to Clay Thompson with the question, actually. Who's Pops uh, rooting for? Huh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. If I had to guess, probably his employer. But uh, <laughs> I'm just excited. to. I have so many great memories with him. Watching uh, the Lakers, watching Kobe, watching Shaq and Powell and the rest of the gang. So I'm just really excited to stick it to the team. I, uh, or at least try to stick to the team that you know I grew up rooting for. Jeez, Clay, take it, take it easy there, man. Take it easy there. Now, I, I love it. Um, it's going to be fun tomorrow with Michael, and I know he'll be stressed as heck because he's got his son Clay playing, but uh, it's going to be a fun series. Um, make sure to tune in tomorrow. The pregame show will start at 5.30. Tip-off will be at 7. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. And thank you to Mar Ruiz. Uh, thank you to Ramona, who found some time to join the show as well. Laker fans, as always, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Thank you.